and welcome to another episode of the Live Immediately podcast with Mike Campbell. Thank you so much for being here. This is where I have conversations with people that are living life on their own terms. We dive into those big moments that have pushed them through the fears that hold so many of us back. Today, I'm chatting with Jeff Sanquist. Jeff is someone who took my family and I into a stormwater drain when I first met him. He is also the host of the Intentionally Wandering podcast and someone who has been quite influential in my life over the past 18 months. In today's episode, Jeff shares the key dots in his life and the lessons learned along the way. We discuss dealing with death from an early age, how curiosity creates change, having a flexible focus on life, letting go of control, living with less, and so much more. I have learned so much from Jeff, and when you listen to our conversation, you'll understand why. I hope you enjoy my chat with Jeff Sanquist. Hey, Jeff, how are you going? I'm going great. How are you going? Is that is that how you say it, actually? Yes, how are you going? <laughs> I'm good, mate. Are you well? I'm doing well, man. Mate, I can't exactly remember how I stumbled on you, but I discovered you through your podcast, Intentionally Wandering, before my family and I packed, donated, or sold everything that we owned back in Australia to embark on this crazy year-long adventure, attempting to house-sit our way through North America. Many of the lessons I learned from you and your guests gave me the courage to do what we're doing. So I just wanted to start by saying thank you. And I got goosebumps right now. I appreciate that. That's, that's, uh, that's so wonderful to hear. No, it was really, um, really special. And I must say that in a weird way, you've been one of the greatest gifts that I've received from this little adventure. And what I mean by that is that you helped me make the decision to come on this trip through your lessons and conversations with your guests but also because of the friendship and support that you've given me while we've been over here. Um, we've been fortunate enough to catch up twice now in two different states, but you really didn't know me until we bonded over faux soup. I can, yeah. <laughs> I can remember um, sitting on the couch at our first house sitting in Clam Lake, Wisconsin, flicking through Instagram, and I saw that you posted this photo um, of the faux soup you were about to eat. My wife, Inga, and I love faux soup. And after a few months in the north woods of Wisconsin, we were missing the variety of food that a town of more than 37 people offers. We somehow connected over that image. I reached out to you. And the next thing I know is that Inga, Andy, and I are planning a weekend getaway to Minneapolis to meet you and your wife, Laura. We, uh, you ended up taking Inga, Andy, and I into a stormwater drain on the Mississippi <laughs> River to look at the most amazing street art I've ever seen. So I've come to this conclusion, Jeff, that our friendship proves that you can meet someone online and let them take you and your family into a stormwater drain. <laughs> I, I don't know how far we want to take that, but uh, yeah, I think that that's potentially the case. Yeah. At least we're, we're proof of that in one, one instance. Exactly. I actually love introducing you when I talk about you to my family, I'm like, yeah, you know, the guy I met online and he took us into the stormwater drain. <laughs> but um, Jeff, in all seriousness, your podcast, Intentionally Wandering, it's about the collection and connection of the dots of life and sharing the lessons learned along the way. 
What have been some of the key dots in your life? Oh, man. Uh, you know, there's been so many dots. And I think that as we as we look back on our, our lives, if you have this this perspective or this framework or paradigm lens, whatever you want to call it, to really reflect on where you came from and, and how you got to where you're at. Uh, I think you can you can really follow the the breadcrumbs all over the place. But I would say some of the the big dots that I've really come to see having shaped my life the most and really taken me in directions that I, I didn't expect. Uh, the first one would have been when I was uh, four and a half, and that was that my dad passed away from cancer. And so that obviously, you know, has an impact on on a young kid and and how you develop and how you live your life. And I really went in the direction of adopting some very perfectionist type tendencies and trying to live a very safe and secure life and really um, kind of having this, uh, this, this mindset that I was going to control my life and that I wasn't going to let what happened to my dad happen to me. And so I, I lived a lot of my younger years in, in looking back now, kind of in fear, I guess you would say, especially uh, of death. And more recently, I've, I've come to embrace that in a lot of ways, or at least not be so scared and, and really see the the events, I guess, in as much positive light as, as one can see them or, or see how it has, has shaped me. So that would be the, the first one. The, the second one would be that I, you know, really grew up kind of the straight A student, follow the rules, check the boxes sort of, sort of kid. Went to college, uh, graduated in sports medicine, athletic training, went on and, and became a chiropractor. And I got six months out into practice and I was completely miserable. And it really was this eye opener, which I like to call my quarter life crisis because uh, I was 26 at the time, where my life uh, looked really good on paper. And, and, and I've had a lot of really great things happen in my, in my life. And yet I was, I was completely miserable. And by miserable, I just mean that, again, things looked good on paper. They should have been great by all accounts. And yet uh, they weren't for me. I just I didn't feel like I was living the life that that I wanted to live. And so I ended up taking a basically a two week solo road trip, 5000 miles across the country. And so, you know, I think you and I have bonded over the, the whole open road idea. Nice, definitely. And I really came back with a different outlook on life of just embracing the journey for the first time as opposed to the destination because I'd really lived most of my life uh, just trying to get to the next accomplishments, uh, accomplishment, the next destination, and always getting there and feeling very let down. And, and, and the only way I could ever describe it was that was anticlimactic. That was, that was not what I thought I was going to get from all the the blood, sweat, and tears that I put into this. And so since then, I've I've been on this uh, journey un, unknowingly for a while and more knowingly re recently of what I like to call intentionally wandering. And we can get more into that if you'd like. But uh, I would say then the, the third big dot happened about two years ago. And that is when I, I stumbled upon this idea of minimalism uh, from reading the book, Everything That Remains by uh, The Minimalists. 
And I essentially had changed a lot of parts of my life by that point in time, but all of a sudden realized again that all the stuff that I was collecting, and for me that was like uh, DVDs and comic books and action figures, and you know I had all these different hobbies, all these things that I was collecting and surrounding myself with, and 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 I was wrapping myself up in that these were this was my identity, this was who I my stuff was me, and I was my stuff. I realized that that wasn't the case and that that stuff wasn't bringing the value to my life that I thought. And so my wife and I were moving and uh, I'm kind of, as you found out, Mike, in a lot of ways, I'm a very black and white type person, Um, but I'm I'm dabbling in the shades of gray more and more. But uh, we got rid of about 50% of our stuff in two weeks before we moved. And then over the past two years, uh, we got rid of probably another 30% of our stuff. So we've really pared down and that has just opened up this floodgate of me realizing how much I love travel and connecting with wonderful people like you and I value experiences way more than stuff and on and on and and that's really what's I guess got me here so you can kind of see that that was an intentionally wandering journey that that got me to this point but uh, those were the the big dots that I've really uh, come to love and appreciate in my life so far Mm. and one thing that you mentioned there was identity. And I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with when they're about to go through change. How have people reacted when you've told them that you gave up that profession that you studied for, um, that you received huge student loans for, to focus on a slower and more intentional way of life? I would say overall... You know, most people don't get it, especially right away, because uh, it, it it's not logical. It doesn't make a lot of sense, and that's really the the world that we live in. Is that you you go to school or you get training for this specific thing, and then you do that for the rest of your life. And so, if you decide not to do that, or you decide to do something different from it, uh, people people question that. They question you. I think a lot of people end up questioning themselves. And I think that's where we get a lot of pushback from any any decision that any of us make in life that is different from the status quo or what is, quote unquote, normal or comfortable, safe, secure, any of those things. Uh, I think it, it automatically becomes a reflection on how other people are, are living their life. And I think a lot of people, um, myself included, you know, you get convicted of like, well, if if you don't think that that's right, then then you're saying that that what I'm doing with my life is wrong by the fact that you're living your life differently, and that's a really that's a really tough dynamic. But what I've really come to embrace is what I like to say is just that your degree is not your destiny, and you know that could be a an actual academic degree, or it could just be you know the experience that you've had in life, your upbringing. Um, where you where you came from, any of that stuff of, of saying that just because you've done something in the past or that you, quote unquote, should do something uh, doesn't mean that you have to or or that you actually necessarily should do it, even though you have all that background and, and you can use it in so many different ways. Like I don't regret the path that I've taken or the education that I've had because I use it in one way or another every single day. I just use it in a non-traditional way. Mm. I love that. The, uh, your degree is not your destiny. That's, 
that's really cool. Um, the tagline, and for want of a better phrase, of your podcast is, not all wanderers are lost. And I absolutely love this because we can often feel lost, but maybe it's the wandering that we're meant to be doing. Have you ever felt lost and how do you try to wander your way through your daily obstacles? So that all actually came about right about the same time that I discovered minimalism. And my wife and I were actually spending a weekend in a small town in Wisconsin. Um, and we were walking down this main strip and we were celebrating her birthday and, and we were just, you know, going in and out of the shops. And we went into a jewelry store of all places, which is not the sort of store that we generally go into. And as I was wandering around it, I was feeling a lot of, like you were saying, this this lostness of like, what am I doing with my life? Like, what have I done? I've made these weird choices. Everyone, nobody gets what I'm doing. I don't get what I'm doing. I just know it's right for me. And on the back of the wall was the the famous uh, J.R.R. Tolkien quote of, um, not all those who wander are lost. And so despite all my geeky nerdy tendencies somehow i had missed that quote and now i see it on like every other bumper sticker but it was really that quote that got me thinking about and and coining this uh, intentionally wandering of of saying that you know what i i am wandering but it's not aimless like i'm not just throwing everything up to the wind i'm not uh just you know uh, i don't know for lack of a better way of saying it you know like screaming yolo and, and and just doing whatever i want it's really been a journey of figuring out um and getting uh, opening up to my own intuition so i would say how do i how do i navigate that or, or how is how have i found found myself as i feel lost it's been getting in touch with my own intuition, which is a work in progress and, and is, is very, it's challenging work. Uh, and the other part of it is, is really getting in touch with my curiosity. And after two years of blogging and podcasting and, and going down this road really, really intentionally, I can say at the heart of, of everything that I've been talking about and sharing and learning and, and trying to communicate has been this idea of being curious and, and curiosity. And I've actually been thinking about changing my tagline, uh, Mike, to um, curiosity creates change because I think that that actually probably more succinctly states what it is that I'm trying to communicate is that we're all doing this differently and we all need to, or at least in my opinion, um, use our curiosity more to help us figure out what what is true to us as opposed to what is society or everyone else around us trying to tell us. Hmm. And that's, that's one thing that I've really noticed about you is your joy of curiosity. Is that something that you've always had or is that something that you've learned later in life? You know, I think, so when it comes to curiosity, one of the things I love about curiosity is I've been just researching it more from kind of an academic standpoint. There's a really incredible book that I read that really opened my eyes to a lot of this called, it's just called Curious. Uh, it's by Ian Leslie. And one of the things that was made abundantly clear from a lot of the the research that's been done on curiosity, and, and it just makes logical sense, is that we are all born curious. 
you know, it, watch any any newborn baby, watch any kid, watch any infant, and you realize that the reason, one of the main reasons that they that they survive, that they learn anything, that they change, is because they're curious, right? They're they're searching out new information constantly. They're always touching and putting things in their mouth and and smelling and whatever it is they're they're experiencing all of life and they don't know what's going to work until they until they try it and so i think that that's a big piece is just that uh so many of us myself included is that i i know that i was a curious kid but i think between um you know losing my dad and then also just kind of the the typical western education model that's very it's set up for a very industrialized system of, you know, be on time and respond to bells and cues and get the right answer and not a whole lot of exploration, but more just regurgitation. Um, I think that a lot of the curiosity gets gets beat out of us or it gets worked out of us. And so if you want to succeed in a lot of the the traditional ways, I think that curiosity is not necessarily rewarded. And so the my curiosity has come back in the last handful of years. It's been something that I've had to intentionally get back in touch with and and explore and think about and utilize because I think it's really easy to just end up in kind of an autopilot default mode where you don't think about things. You don't go any deeper. You don't ask why. And that's that's why why is my favorite question is because it it forces you to be curious. How do you think you can discover the curious nature again? Do you know what I mean? Like what what was that moment that you were like, yeah, I'm, I'm really going to embrace this. I want to I want to find out more. I want to start asking why again. I think that is probably the biggest thing is just starting to ask questions once again. It is questioning why for everything and anything in in your life, which can be can seem annoying to people. It it can be challenging, it can be frustrating, but I think it's just even stopping to just ask why of simple things that we're doing in our daily lives of, you know, I'm, I take this way to work every single day. Why do I do that? Oh, it's because it's the shortest way. All right. Well, what if I left five minutes earlier and I took a different way and I saw something completely new than what I've been doing for the last 20 years? So this doesn't have to be that you go explore and find a, a, a lost, you know, a lost treasure or anything like that. It's it's something I know you've talked passionately about before, and, and I think it's another thing that we've connected on is is being a tourist in your own city. Yeah, uh, so many people, and and I was completely guilty of this. You know, when people would come to visit, they're like, "Well, what's good here?" And you're like, "Oh, I don't know." Uh, and you start listing off all the chain restaurants or you know the big box stores or whatever it is. But like, what about instead of going to, you know, the national coffee chain, what if you go to the the little the little coffee shop, the cafe around the corner, you know, that you've never been to? Um, what if you try a different restaurant? What if you go to the park down your down the road that you've never been to? Uh, as you said, what if you go into the storm drain or what if you <laughs> what if you duck underneath the, the bridge that you usually walk over and see what's under there? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, that, that could be scary. That could be seen as dangerous by some, but, uh, you know, you, you, you 
you take calculated risks, I guess you would say, to put yourself out there and experience new things, whatever that is for you. Maybe it's just, oh my gosh, instead of having a black cup of coffee, I'm going to have a latte for the first time in my life and see what that's all about. So do you think it'd be fair to say that your curiosity of the smaller, simple things that people often brush past has led you to being curious about bigger things? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great way to put it. And I think that's where I I started. You know, for me, I got into photography back when I after I graduated high school, uh, because where I went to college was a small town and I grew up in suburbia. And so I I started noticing things I'd never seen before. And so, uh, you know, I went home and I asked around, like, who's got a camera? And my grandpa had this uh, 1965, you know, Pentax fully manual camera. And so I started shooting with that. And that really just, I think photography is a great way to see the world from a a different angle and, and see different things and capture different things and you know with obviously I I pretty much use my iPhone for the most part now you know you and I both love Instagram Mm. that's the thing I love is like I can share my curiosity with the rest of the world and and it's not in the hopes of like hey look at what I'm doing it's in the hopes of like wow that's really cool I want to go there too or wow that's a really interesting angle I I want to see the world that way or wow that that just sparks something like hey I have a park like that around me I've never gone to that I should go to my park so it's it's I I hope that it inspires other people to just increase their own curiosity and and challenge themselves to continue to to change and grow over time as well like one thing that I, I've loved about speaking of Instagram that I, I love about your feed is that you ride your bike around and I think it might have started out by you doing a 30 day bike ride challenge or something like that. And you photograph street art graffiti in a sense that's around your hometown. Yeah, I've actually I've always been attracted to street art and graffiti and uh, abandoned buildings and dilapidated structures i've that has been something that i would say has been around longer than than this current part of my my journey um and i'm not sure exactly what it is about it that's always attracted me but there there's something about that that juxtaposition between the what may be seen as ugly and beautiful, right? Or the the forgotten, the the things that the rest of the world doesn't see, that they walk past and they either scoff at or they just ignore that it's there. And that's that's always been inside of me. Um, and I can see that like in my hobbies growing up, like I was into kind of like nerdy stuff, like uh, comic books and, and, uh, you know, action figures and all this kind of, kind of fringe things. It's much more mainstream now than it, than it was when I was, was in it, which makes me feel and sound really old. But, uh, you know, I was always attracted to kind of the, the fringe of things and now understanding myself better. I've just been able to embrace it much more and more and, and really, really try to be like, you know what, this is who I am. This is what I like. Uh, take it or leave it, which is still challenging because, you know, I, I still uh, there's a big part of me that's still a people pleaser and wants people to like me. So it's a, it's a constant, you know, battle. Mm. And you touched on this a little bit earlier and, and similar to myself, the beginning of your intentional journey, your wandering began when you discovered minimalism. 
What was it about minimalism that gave you the confidence to pivot and move into a different direction? You know, I think that minimalism for me was like, I would say it's more like the tipping point. I would say it's more the straw that broke the camel's back because the the previous, you know, once I had my quarter life crisis and I and I went across the country and I embraced the journey more than the destination, I got really deep into I love reading. And so I got I got really deep into reading a ton of you know, per, personal growth, professional development, personal development, you know, I guess you could just label it under the self-help category. And so that really exposed me to the idea that like, hey, my thoughts mean something and that these daily actions and words mean something as well and they build up. And And I would say before that point, I was uh, much more of a very uh, a negative, uh, angry, um, not the most fun person to be around. Um, and, and some of that still comes out. My wife and I were having a chat about it last night and she's like, you know, it's a, it's a good thing about you, but it also can be a negative thing. And, and, and I'm starting to recognize it more is she's like, you're intense. You have an intense energy about you. And when you get into something, you, you exude this intensity. And I would say that up until the last few years, I was using my intensity in a much more negative way unknowingly and now I'm using it in a much more positive way and so I think that minimalism was really the 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 straw that broke the camel's back in that I was going down this road and I was changing a lot of things in my life but I still felt like there was this big gaping hole of like I'm missing something like the 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 picture is not complete one of the pieces of this puzzle is missing and when I read everything that remains I got to the end and I was just like you know what it's my stuff it, 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 my stuff is not bringing me the the joy and the the happiness and and just it's not what I want my life to be about. And by letting go of that, it wasn't just it became much more than just about the stuff. It became about what do I want my life to really be? And it just freed up so much. I mean, just so much. And I'm sure you can attest to this, like so much mental energy and like I feel so good in open spaces and I can think better and I'm calmer and I I have less anxiety and I have less worry. And there's just and it's just I can't believe the amount of things that have changed by just getting rid of stuff. But I also think that if all you do is just get rid of your stuff, you can be easily just as miserable as when you started. So it's a, it's a, it's, it's much deeper than that. It's, it's gotta go deeper than just the physical stuff. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. I, I didn't realize that I had clutter because our house was quite minimalist before I purged so many things. And I'm also a, a strong believer that purging is just the beginning. The having less stuff is not the advantage. It's all those deeper things. And what do you think would have been some of the key lessons you've learned about yourself with living with less? I think that one of the biggest ones is just the importance of, of experiences and of, of people. And I, at one point in my life, was very content, and I said it, I've said it many times in the past, that I would rather have all my stuff and all my collections than travel. Hmm. 
And I think that because of my, um, you know, my tendencies to, to get somewhat obsessive about things at times, uh, you know, I put so much time and energy into my stuff that I, you know, there's only so much time in the day that I ended up pushing people away. And so I ended up, I think for a lot of, a lot of times I would end up putting things before people. And so this, this shift has just, I mean, I mean, this is a perfect example, Mike, of incredible people that I probably would have never met had I not make that made this choice, made this change. And I mean, the number of, of incredible people that I have met in the past two years is just astounding. And the fact that I know people all over the world now, all across the country, uh, I've done a couple of road trips and stayed with people. Uh, you know, they've stayed with me. It's just, you just realize how, how little you actually need to live a really fulfilling, purposeful life, as far as stuff, at least. Yeah. And I think that, and you, you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier as well, it's been ingrained on a lot of us from an early age that we need to do this and then that to achieve a particular goal. Um, like we need to get good grades to go to university, to get a good job, to buy a big house, to retire, to be happy. But when I look at you, you've broken down that structure in your life by having and, and I'm going to use one of your terms that I absolutely love. And it's, to have a flexible focus on life. Can you describe that flexibility and how has being flexible affected your life and how has it helped you grow? So I think so many of us, myself included, we, we end up with this very rigid structure of our life. And especially when you're very goal oriented or you're driven by this, this, this term, which I don't even like, uh, of success, right? There seems to be this, this stepwise approach, right? The, the road that was paved before you. And yet I think more and more of us are finding that that road, uh, doesn't exist anymore or that it's not nearly as as wide and easy as we once thought it was. Mm -hmm. And so the, I'm a big fan of of not subscribing or even prescribing how-tos, but but something that I like to call how-abouts, which we can talk about later, but uh, if you'd like, but the the idea is that when you're when you have this very rigid focus and you have this goal, um, I'm not a big fan of goals either. Uh, when you have this these goals that you've set for like, I mean, I used to have a five-year plan. I had a one-year plan. I had a three-year plan. I had a five-year plan. I had a 10-year plan, right? And it's like, to me, that is just ridiculous now. Like looking at where my life is now, and, and I could have never predicted this in a million years. I just, I could not have. And I, and I love where my life has gone, but I would have never gotten here had I followed those plans. So, you know, for me, a flexible focus is saying, this is the vision that I have for my life. This is where I think I want to go. This is what my intention and my in, in, intuition is telling me. Um, but this could change 
completely tomorrow. And and my wife and I have seen that happen so much for both of us where we think we're going down this road and all of a sudden life throws you, uh, you know, spins you around and, and, and puts you in a completely opposite direction. And I think at that point you have one of two choices. You can either embrace that and recalculate. You can have a flexible focus to say, hey, maybe maybe I wasn't looking in the right direction. Maybe, maybe, maybe I was wrong. Or you can say, no, I'm, this is, I, no, this is what I'm doing. And you do everything in your power to get you back to where that track is. And I think that's the, that's the art of it is, is, is being able to follow this focus and, and, and see the horizon and see the vision and see the distance, but also make adjustments as needed and it's not just stay the course stay the course stay the course stay the course and i think that's where a lot of people are getting these days is that they've they've stayed the course so long that they've realized they've woken up that like oh my gosh this isn't this isn't what i thought it was going to be but i don't know what else to do because i've never done anything different than this this one path but i guess with you know not staying the course and being flexible, you lose control or that perceived control of your future. Was it difficult for you to let go of, of that control? Even, even though like a one year and a three year and a five year, a 10 year plan might not happen, it, it allows people to feel like they are steering that ship. It's extremely difficult. I still, I still struggle with it on a daily basis, but I've found that the more that I let go of that control, um, and you know, this kind of gets a little bit, this gets bigger than me, honestly, is that I believe in something bigger than me. I, I, I don't believe that I have, you know, I believe in free will, but, but I believe that there's, there's things bigger than me. And so a lot of it is, is giving up, giving up some of that control to say, maybe I don't know best. I'm going to do my best, but I don't know everything. Um, and so, yeah, that, that control is really difficult to let go of, but I guess I can just say from my personal experience that the more control that I have let go of, the better my life has become. And, and in order to let go of control, um, I've had, I've had to believe in something more deeply, uh, bigger than myself, but I've also had to believe more deeply in myself that, that as I let go of control, that my intuition, that the, the, the genius inside of me, I guess is one way of saying it, um, knows subconsciously or superconsciously better than I could ever know consciously. Because mm-hmm. I can easily overthink things to death. And that's, you know, it's kind of like living from, I've, I've, I've tried to, switch my 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 place of living from my head which is where i basically spent most of my life in my head to my heart and my gut which i'm sure sounds a bit out there to some people and it totally has to me in the past but that's that's just the journey that i've i've been on and if we talk about not following a a laid down path and this is kind of what you were mentioning about the how abouts and not the how to. Can you just go a little bit deeper in your um, philosophy around how abouts? So when it comes to how tos, uh, which I've I've tried to follow many of them, right? Is 
you know, ultimately, most of this stuff, I mean, there are some things in life where it's like, yeah, there's just a great how to. But when it comes to the, the bigger issues of life, of, of, of what to do with your life and, and how, for lack of a better way of saying, how to live a meaningful life and a purposeful life and on and on, there's so many variables that come into play that you cannot possibly follow someone else's prescription and expect to get the exact same results or even if you do that feel like they do right it's you're a completely different person and i think that one of the pieces that doesn't get taken into into consideration enough is just even your 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 temperament your personality your right mike you're a very different person than i am right we might we maybe share some tendencies but doing it like you doing it like I'm doing it is not necessarily going to going to jive with uh, who you are as a person and what your values are and such. And so I think that what I mean by how about is really this idea of of taking what what other people are doing, what they have done, what has worked for them, and then taking the time and the energy to run it through your own life and run it through your own filter and say, yeah, this, no, that's, that's not me. Or yeah, that's, that's kind of me, but I need to tweak it this way and that. And so the biggest thing that I'm really trying to communicate with this idea of how about is, is that there is no, it sounds really wishy-washy, but there is no one way to do anything. Um, there are some great guiding principles and there's some great maybe big dots along the way, but but you really have to fill in the rest with who you are and what your life has been about and what's really important to you. So if you just end up following someone else's, you know, seven simple steps to success or whatever, I just don't, I haven't found and I just don't believe that you're going to get the results that are really going to be truly authentic and and meaningful to who you are as a person you may get results but i I just think they're going to be somewhat empty at the end of the day Mm. a lot of people are searching for things they're searching for that that next thing and with intentionally wandering there's that that essence of going through life with meaning and purpose and maybe not knowing exactly where you're going but there's this element of of curiosity and searching. But but on the flip side of that, what about being content and being I guess happy with what we have? How do we how do we I'm losing my words here, but how do we figure out how to get the best of both worlds with that? Another thing that I, you know, struggle with on a on a daily basis cuz it's being content, I think, can be really powerful, but I think it can also be really dangerous. I think a lot of contentment just is out of living life by default, is Mm -hmm. is going on autopilot, is saying, well, I guess this is just the the best that it's ever going to be. It's kind of accepting defeat in some way. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. I guess there's that element of, yeah, not... I think that I think that content, what it comes down to, is is again, it's another, um, th- th- it's another couple of kind of uh, heady topics or or, or ideas. It, it's it's gratitude, mm. and it's it's being present. Because one thing I struggle with personally is, 
I want to live right now and be present right now, but there are certain things that I want to achieve, if that's the right word, in the future. And how do I plan far enough ahead that it's helping my future self, but not too far ahead that it's taking away from my present self? That's the conundrum. That's the million dollar question right there. I, I suppose if you solve that. That's why I'm that, talking to you, Jeff. Because I'm going to solve that for you? <laughs> well, give me a how about maybe. <laughs> you know, that's, I think for for me, what I've found has been, what we've really already talked about, has been letting go of of control, of believing in something bigger than myself, uh, you know, whatever that may be, you know, you can call it God, you can call it the universe, you can just call it, you know, I believe in, in positivity, I, I, you know, whatever. Um, but feeling that if you are coming from a place of, of, of your own authenticity of, of being Mike, right. Of, of listening to what it is that your your soul or inside of you is telling you based on your daily experiences, your life experiences and such. Um, I, th- I think that's, that's my how about, I, I, I really, I really think that the answers are not so much outside of ourselves. I've, I, the more that I go down this road, the more, the more I realize that the answers are not necessarily out there, they're inside mm-hmm. and taking time to get to know ourselves like understand, you know, what's your, what kind of personality do you have? What are your temperaments? What are, what's the, what are your strengths? What's the good stuff? What's the bad stuff? Like how have things shaped your life? What do I value? You know, I think that's huge. Like what do I value? And not just saying like, I value a nice car, my house. It's like, no, I value freedom. I value flexibility. I value family. I value friends. Those, those things that you, they're, they're not really like, they're not physical concepts necessarily, right? They're so much bigger than that. And so for me, as, as I'm going down this road, I have the same conundrum that you do is how can I be present? How can I make decisions today? But knowing that, you know, hopefully someday I'm going to be 85. Uh, and how can, I, how can I set myself up to, to be living a, a wonderful life at 85 and to me I just got to believe and I I just feel so strongly that the more I can know myself and understand what is true to me and let that just guide me let that like get in touch with that internal compass I guess if you will your what is your true north and follow that that's that's my answer it's mm-hmm. it's not an easy one um but that's the answer because the 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 other answer i guess or the other option is trying to find the next expert the next guru the next book the next program the next job the next whatever it is that's like oh th- i mean there's been so many times in my life and i'm i'm sure you've had it too where i'm like this is it like yeah. this is the thing that's going to solve all the problems this is the thing that's going to make the biggest difference and then you realize that uh, somebody said this somewhat recently on a podcast and I remember I can't attribute the quote, but essentially it was like a, I think it's a Buddhist saying it was like behind every mountain is another mountain. Mm-hmm. And I just keep that in mind to say like, whatever crap I'm dealing with today, 
as soon as I get through that crap, there's going to be more crap behind it. I think that was actually, have you been reading Ryan Holiday's book? Yes. The, Ob- the Obstacle is Obstacles the Way. The way. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. There are mountains beyond mountains. And I think that's what you were saying earlier. When, you, when you've gone from your head to your heart and your gut and it's following that internal compass and taking your hands off the wheel that you might not know where you're going to end up but have, but have the, the courage and the faith to let it take you where it takes you. Absolutely. Um, I want to go back to the first dot that you spoke about, which was embracing death. I know that this year on your birthday, you turned an age that is older than what your father was when he passed away. How has dealing with death from a young age shaped your journey? So actually, uh, I'm currently now older. Uh, I, I turned the same age that, that he died. So I'm, I'm 32. And yeah, it's, um, it's, it's something that's been ever evolving. Like I said in the beginning, you know, I, I, death to me in the beginning was something that uh, in a lot of ways ruled a lot of my life. There was a lot of fear of dying myself. Uh, I think even more so than that, there was a lot of fear that the people that I loved and that I cared for were going to die, uh, that I was that I was going to be alone. Um, and, you know, I met my mom remarried and uh, I've had a wonderful dad these last however many years. And he lost his first wife to cancer and we blended a family. And so, I, you know, I, I, I it sounds weird to say, but, you know, in so many ways, like things turned out really well. But uh, this is really kind of top of mind because Laura, my wife, and I were talking about this just a couple of nights ago of, you know, I think I dealt with it as best I could as a kid and as best I could in my adolescence and even in my you know early 20s and such. Um, you know, I went through the whole gamut of being really angry to accepting to whatever. Um, but I've kind of come to this place over the past, I don't know how many years, probably, you know, five to 10 years where it's, it's kind of just been like a non-issue for me, or at least I thought it was a non-issue. It was like, yeah, my dad passed away. And, and I, I kind of, it was kind of like unemotional as weirdly as that sounds like it was just kind of like, yeah, it happened and it shaped me. And it was very like, it was very intellectual. I like, I like kind of intellectualized the process. And, uh, I, I took a road trip uh, by myself for a month last last year and I really realized that like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be hitting the same age that my dad was when he passed away. I didn't know I was going to get to this spot. Uh, like, you know, I, I kind of felt like I had this this weird new lease on life. Like I get a second chance. Like I didn't know I was going to make it this this far. This is, uh, you know, everything that I do from now on, my dad never got a chance to do. And that's a very, it's a very humbling and a very sobering thought in a lot of ways. Within the last week or so, I, I've really I, I've come to realize that as much as I've worked through the issue, um, there was still some serious things that I need to deal with. Of of um, and I don't even know how to explain them right now because I'm because I'm actually currently just going through them. Uh, but just really working through a lot of it, and and I guess like I said earlier, getting out of my head. I, I've made this such a heady intellectual topic in my life. 
that I've been spending time getting into my heart and my gut of, you know, what does this really mean? And, and, and realizing that like, man, I don't know what my dad would say about my path in life right now. And there's this, I, I realized literally within the past week that, that there's a, there's a hole in, in me that I know that, you know, I mean, physically DNA wise, right. I'm, I'm, I, he's part of me. And yet like, I don't really know him. And that's a really weird thought. And so that's something I'm going to be exploring to hopefully talk to my mom and my family and stuff about more of like, I need to know who my dad is because I need to know who I am better. And I feel like, I feel like there's so much of myself that I'm like, I don't know where I get this from. It's not from my mom. It's not from you. It's not from you. Um, like, tell me, I, I have to know, like, what is, what am I, what, what do I not know? Mm. And maybe you couldn't deal with all those things earlier and you needed to kind of go through this journey that you're on now. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. I don't think, I don't think I was at the, I don't think I was at the point where I could have uh, handled it to, to this level. I wasn't conscious of it. I literally was not conscious of this idea until about two or three nights ago. Um, and you know, that's just, that's just more, I guess my own personal proof of just saying that like life is a journey and there is, uh, there's a quote, uh, let me, if you don't mind, I'm going to pull it up here real quick, um, that I came across recently. Sorry for the stalling. Uh, so the quote is by T.S. Eliot and it said, we shall not cease from exploration and the end of all our exploring will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time. And I've been thinking so much about that recently because I feel like no matter how many times I've been somewhere before, so many times it feels like I'm seeing it for the first time. Like if we have that curious attitude if we if we look at life from from a learner's perspective of there's always something to learn even from things that we thought we knew it all it's crazy how all of a sudden you're back at square one it's like you're seeing this thing for the very first time even though you've seen it a hundred times before and i think that's where so much of our own internal learning comes from is exposing ourselves to things we think we know and saying, do I really know this? Is this really true? It's, it's like what, uh, what Colin Wright says. I, I love his perspective on things. It's, it's looking at the world and saying, you know, consider this, right? Mm -hmm. Don't make a judgment. Just consider it. At least hold it, hold it in you for a period of time and consider it and then decide and then revisit it, right? Uh, I, I, it's not even a joke at this point in time. It's kind of ridiculous. Usually if I say I'm never going to do something or that's not me or I don't want that or whatever, chances are I end up doing it, wanting it, experiencing it because I just became open to the idea that maybe I was wrong five years ago and that's okay. And I guess that all leads back to the curiosity that we spoke about earlier. Absolutely. It's, a, you know, it's a being curious It's being a lifelong learner. That's how we, that's how we learn is that we, we don't just see things or experience things once. Um, sometimes you, you only need to do it once, but I, you know, repetition, it's the mother of all learning. True, true. Now, before 
we wrap up here. I have two final questions for you, Jeff. One is a question that you ask or your guess at the end of uh, each episode. And the other is one that I ask all my guests. So let's start with yours first. What is your why behind your what? My why is because I'm curious. I, I've, I, at the heart of it, I have many whys. I have different whys for different aspects of my life. Uh, I don't think I have just one why that, that, uh, that I solely focus on. But if I had to boil it down to one or say what is the, the underlying theme of why I do what I do, it's, it's curiosity. It's because I'm naturally and internally driven to learn and to be curious. And that is the thing that just keeps me moving forward. Very cool. And my final question, Jeff, please describe your perfect day. Wow, that's a very interesting question. Well, if we all get the chance to live immediately, how would you how would you spend your perfect day? Well, my perfect day would definitely have to start with some uh, bacon for <laughs> breakfast uh, and uh, an incredible cup of coffee. Um, you know, my last blog was called Coffee Bacon Books. So I probably read a book in there somewhere. Uh, I would. You are, I, I must interrupt there. You are also the only guests that I've had at my house, uh, Jeff came and stayed with us in Rhode Island for a night, Jeff and Laura, and you came with your own travel coffee machine. For I did. Yeah, I, 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 I travel with an AeroPress for sure. Yes. Uh, I, I would uh, probably do some sort of, ex I would do some sort of exploring, uh, biking, walking, hiking, something along those lines. I love movies. So probably wind down the end of the day with a with a movie and spend time with spend time with my with my wife, uh, the person I, I love spending the most amount of time with that we as as you said, we we just spent uh, 31 days on the road together every minute of every day and we didn't kill each other. We didn't get sick of each other. And I think we could have gone that way for a really long time. I just uh Ryan Holiday wrote a, a recent blog. Mike, I don't know if you read it, but it was uh, the the I think it was the title of something like "The Perfect Spouse Is the Life Hack That Nobody Is Talking About." Yeah, and I just I honestly couldn't agree more. And I know that that's a really like touchy subject for a lot of people, and I understand that, and I and I and I get all the I get all the pitfalls of that. But what I can say from my personal experience is that I found the person that that I truly believe in so many ways is my soulmate and, and we just compliment each other so much. Um, but the most important thing is, is that, uh, we grew together and we've been on this journey one way or another together. And we both had this, uh, even though we're very different, as I'm sure you can attest to from, from interacting with both of us, Mike, uh, we both adopted this attitude of, we are going to continue to grow individually and we are going to continue to grow together. And it's just been incredible. I, I, I just, I don't even have words for it. So I would definitely want to spend uh, my perfect day with, with her. Yeah, that's beautiful, mate. And um, Jeff, honestly, mate, thank you so much um, for your support, your friendship, the beautiful work that you do by spreading the message that intentionally wandering is a fantastic way to enjoy life. 
If uh, people want to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to contact you? Uh, they can find everything on intentionallywandering.com. There's links for the podcast, my email. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I would say Instagram is my favorite. Uh, and I spend some time on Twitter as well. Um, people feel free to shoot me an email. Uh, love to love to chat. If you're in the Minneapolis St. Paul area and you want to grab a coffee sometime and chat, I am totally up for that as well. I love I love meeting new people, but I guess the biggest thing would probably be to check out the podcast. Uh, Mike, I'm you will be on there eventually. <laughs> Uh, check out the podcast. There's there's tons of great stuff on there. Lots of wonderful people just like Mike. And uh, yeah. Cool. Thanks, mate. And uh, I'll make sure that all the links are in the show notes and they can be found at liveimmediately.com. Thanks once again, Jeff. And for everybody listening, thank you for giving me some of your time today. And until next time, have fun and live immediately. That was another episode of the Live Immediately podcast with Mike Campbell. Thanks so much for listening. The original Live Immediately theme music is by the multi-talented Timothy McPhee. You can check out his music at firekites.bandcamp.com. If you enjoyed the show, had some fun, and maybe even learned something, then make sure you subscribe via iTunes. And while you're there, why not leave a rating and a review? You know it's going to make my day. Thanks for stopping by and giving me some of your time today. I'll catch you on the next episode. And until then, have fun and live immediately.